Good morning, everybody. Uh, here, welcome back to the Coffee and Theology podcast. Uh, this morning, uh, having a uh, wonderful cup of Iron Beam Loki coffee uh, that I brewed at the house and and brought here with me. Uh, if you haven't tried it, it's an excellent, uh, excellent cup of coffee. Uh, very smooth, kind of a lighter roast. Uh, but getting into the scripture this morning, we're going to be looking at the temptation of Jesus. We're going to be in Luke chapter four. Uh, just a short recap. Uh, last, the last podcast, we looked at the baptism of Jesus. And, uh, you know, if you went on and read the, uh, last few verses or last several verses really of, of Luke chapter three, you would have seen the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, and then now we are in in Luke chapter four, and remember, uh, as I said just a second ago, remember that Jesus has been baptized by John the Baptist, and uh, and he is uh, he is now uh, getting ready to start his ministry. And so let's go ahead and and get into the scripture, and let's look at Luke chapter four and, and verse one. It says Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jerusalem and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And let's stop right there. For 40 days, he was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. Think about that. Jesus was tempted. We, too, are tempted probably almost every day. It's something that all of us have to deal with. It's something that all of us have to overcome. There you know, it's it's just a fact that we have to that we have to deal with of being tempted by sin. You know, if Jesus was tempted, if he was tempted, he was God in the flesh, he was here on earth. If he was tempted, and the devil is absolutely going to tempt us. But it's how we handle temptation. It's how we handle the the devil coming after us. It's how we handle all that is what matters, not necessarily the temptation, because we know that it's going to be here. We know the temptation is going to come. But it's how we handle it. Let's look and see how Jesus handled it. Said, and the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. So again, he's tempting him here. And Jesus answered him, said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. So that's one thing that we can learn from Jesus right here in, in these first four verses of, uh, of Luke chapter 4 is that when Jesus was tempted, when the devil was uh, tempting him, Jesus responded with scripture. There is no better way to respond with temptation than scripture. No other way, no better way. So Jesus is responding with scripture. We can see here that he was quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3 when he says, man shall not live on bread alone. And he let and he, he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, 
for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship me, it shall be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So we can see here in verse 8, he is still answering with scripture we when the when the devil tells him something that, that that is how he answers him is with scripture and we see that he answered him with deuteronomy 6 and 13 and also deuteronomy 10 and 20 you see the the devil was trying to change jesus's alliance he was trying to change uh who jesus was loyal to who jesus was serving but Jesus was not going to change. He knew that he was to only serve the Father. That was all that he was going to do. That, that was what was going to happen. The devil tried his best. He tried everything he could. But, but in the end, we know that Jesus never changed his loyalty. And verse 9 says, And he led him to Jerusalem, and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on the hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Now, this is a really interesting uh, couple verses here, because we can see that the devil knows the scripture. He does. He knows the scripture he knows to to tempt us he knows how to tempt us he knows what how how to to try to construe the construe the 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 scripture so that uh, so that it can change our minds and 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 draw us away from god you know that's the devil's number one goal is to drive a wedge between us and god and i've said that many many times in uh, in my sermons here at, at new hope and you know, it, that is ultimately the devil's goal is to, to get that wedge between us and God because he don't want us to have that good relationship with God. He don't want us to, to, to be doing the things that God has commanded us to do. <clears throat> and like I said, one of the ways he does that is he takes Scripture and he's trying to quote Psalms 91 uh, uh, verses 11 and 12 here but but he takes it out of context he he's not quoting really psalms 91 11 12 he's taking a, a little piece of it and construing it to to try and further tempt jesus to try and get him to show that he is the son of god because the devil knows who he is the devil like i said we can see here the devil knows the scriptures he knows jesus is the messiah so let's see how Jesus answered him. Jesus answered him and said to him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So we can see he quoted Deuteronomy 6 and 16. Now, one thing that we can see here, and it's pretty obvious that we can see, is when the devil quotes the scripture or, or, or when he when he is trying to quote the scripture, he's taking a little piece and he's taking it out of context. 
When Jesus quotes the scripture, he is quoting the relevant scripture. He is quoting what is absolutely relevant at the time. And that that's the difference and that that's what we need to do as well is when we're tempted when we when we uh, are going through a tough time when we're when we're going through a time where we're really struggling go to the scripture. Don't go to the scripture that the devil tells us to go to. Go to the scripture that the Holy Spirit tells us to go to. Go to the scripture that is relevant to the situation. And it will help you. Verse 13 says, When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. So the devil finally figured out that his temptation was not going to work. He finally figured out that Jesus was a little bit stronger than him. He finally figured out that that all this this wasn't going to work. So Jesus starts his public ministry. Is this next little section of Luke chapter 4. And just looking at the rest of Luke 4, I don't know if we're going to get through it all in one podcast or not. But if not, we'll have a a short part 2 before we get into uh, into Luke chapter 5 in the next one. But verse 14 says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. So we can see right there that, that his, his, his uh, public ministry started. And, and, and keep in note here that it was after he was baptized, it was after he was tempted that he began to teach. Now that's significant. Because we've all been tempted. You know, as Christians were commanded to be to be baptized. And that is that is what is uh that's what is very uh interesting about this is it was after he was baptized, it was after he was tempted by the devil himself that he began to teach. Verse sixteen says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and and it was his custom, and he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The book of the prophet of Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. So he's quoting he's quoting the book or he's actually reading the book of Isaiah here in the in the synagogue. When he closed the book he gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. He began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I'm sure that this caused them to question. What is he saying? How is he so knowledgeable? What they didn't immediately realize was that he was God in the flesh. He was the Son of God talking to them. He was the Messiah talking to them right there. And when they were all speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words that were falling from his lips, and they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? You see, they knew him. They were questioning if this was the same guy that they had known, that they watched grow up. 
And he said to them, no doubt you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do in your hometown as well. And he said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you, in truth, there were many windows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months with a great famine came all over the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarphath, the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. There were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elijah, uh, the prophet, none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage when they heard these things. Now, that's through verse 28. We can see that he, Jesus was telling the truth. People didn't really like to hear it. That's one thing that is really common across Jesus' ministry is he always told the truth. He always told everything that they needed to hear, but nobody wanted to hear it. They all got mad at him. Do you feel like sometimes we do the same thing when someone tells us the truth? At first we get mad. We might get a little upset. But that's really what we need to hear. Verse 29 says, And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow on a hill which their city had been built in order to throw himself off the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. He came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, where he was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were amazed at his teaching. His message was with authority. In the synagogue, there was a man posed by the spirit of unclean demon and he cried out with a loud voice let us alone what business do we have with each other jesus of nazareth how have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god jesus rebuked him saying be quiet come out of him when the demon had thrown him out in the midst of the people he came out of him without doing him any harm the demons knew who jesus was shows us the power of god number one he was able to cast out demons number two shows us that that he is the son of god there's going to be people out there who's going to doubt that jesus is the son of god there's going to be people out there that are going to convince you that he is not the messiah that he was just a just a, a person there was very few people that actually denounced that uh, that jesus didn't live at all but uh, the the people who don't believe in him will tell you that he's not the messiah that he's not the son of god but he is, and the scripture really shows us that. The scripture really shows us things that would, would not have happened if he wasn't the Son of God. Verse 36, And amazement came upon them all, and they began talking with another, saying, What is this message? For with, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And they report about him spreading into every locality in the surrounding district. 
So they're, they're amazed at the teachings of Jesus. They're amazed at, at not only the teachings, but the, the, the miracles that he's starting to perform. He's casting demons out of people. People, and we'll see here in just a second, people are being healed. But Jesus doesn't want it to be known just yet who he really is. His time has not yet come. Verse 38, when he got up and left the synagogue, he entered Simon's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him to help her. Standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it, lit, and it left her, and she immediately got up and waited on them. While the sun was setting, in those, while the sun was setting all those who had any were sick were various, with various diseases brought them to him, and laying hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. Wow. That's all I can say. What a powerful verse. The demons know him. They knew who he is. So when the day came, Jesus left to a scheduled place and the crowds were searching for him and came to him and tried to keep him away from them. And he, he, But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. He was telling them absolutely he was sent by God to preach the gospel. Now, they don't know it yet. But what they're getting ready to see is a powerful ministry. Short ministry by today's standards. You know, it was only around three years. But a powerful ministry. They're getting ready to see a lot of healings. Getting ready to see miracles performed. They're getting ready to see just who Jesus is. There's no other way. This has to be done. Jesus was sent to save us from our sins. He was sent to preach the gospel. He was God on the flesh here on earth. God in the flesh here on earth. He put on flesh and bones. He left everything he had in heaven to be born a humble birth, to live a humble life, to die on a cross to save us from our sins. By His grace, we are saved by our faith. If it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't have a chance at salvation. Because we don't deserve it. We've done nothing to deserve God's grace. We can't measure God's grace. We can't measure how how uh, how how big it is because we just can't wrap our heads around it we can't understand it there's nothing else on earth that big what a wonderful wonderful story we looked at this morning and i, I hope everyone uh, in, enjoyed this message from Luke chapter 4 and the next podcast we'll be looking at Luke chapter 5 uh, and I, I, I apologize i was unable to uh, release a podcast last week i was out of town uh, the biggest majority of the week, but we'll get back on track. And uh, like I said, I hope everyone enjoyed Luke chapter four. Uh, next podcast, we'll be looking at Luke five. I uh, hope everyone is having a blessed week and I uh, uh, hope everyone's having a great week and uh, hope to uh, hope to see you all next time.